It's time for Decal Download, your source for news and information from the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning. We'll hear from Commissioner Amy M. Jacobs and special guests to give you an update on all things Decal. This is Decal Download. Downloading now. And welcome back to Decal Download. I'm Reg Griffin, Chief Communications Officer here at the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning with Commissioner Amy Jacobs. Well, as the rollout of COVID-19 vaccines continues and availability improves, the focus is beginning to shift to vaccinating children ages 12 to 15 and possibly younger in the near future. There's also been a change in CDC guidance on the use of masks for those who are fully vaccinated. What impact will that have on COVID guidance for Georgia child care? Commissioner, today we're tackling some of the frequently asked questions we're hearing from the child care community. Yes, as we, we've said before, uh, it feels like everything changes on a daily basis. So we want to make sure we can keep our listeners up to date with um, some experts, not decal experts, some CDC experts. We've got all kinds of experts <laughs> today. I guess everybody's an expert, right? If you're 50 miles from home and have a briefcase or something. But uh, today we actually have experts. Joining us on the podcast, Pam Stevens, Deputy Commissioner of Child Care Services, And we're happy to welcome back Dr. Georgina Peacock, who currently serves as the Georgia Department of Health Chief Medical Officer as a Center for Disease Control assignee. She uh, recently oversaw the CDC Vaccine Implementation Unit, still a part of uh, that work going on here in the state. Ladies, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Dr. Peacock, let's start with the recent FDA approval of the Pfizer vaccine for adolescents ages 12 to 15. This seems like a significant move in our overall uh, vaccine program. Uh, How do you feel about that? Yeah, this is uh, super exciting. I mean, being able to vaccinate younger adolescents brings us closer to getting to the other side of this pandemic. And it also um, makes schools, camps, communities safer and healthier. I think the obvious question, especially for our audience, is when do you expect even younger children to be offered the vaccines? And are we seeing many cases of COVID-19 in children under the age of 12? So clinical trials are ongoing with younger children. And so barring any surprises, we believe that younger children will be eligible for vaccines sometime this fall. We are continuing to see cases across all ages. However, we're seeing decreases in in cases in Georgia. Um, As you probably know, younger children tend to mostly have asymptomatic or mild disease. However, there are some cases of severe illness, especially in children that are high risk for complications like those with multiple medical conditions. Kind of to put some numbers on that, uh, we had about 1,800 confirmed cases in the last month and about 800 uh, probable probable cases, and these are in children ages 0 to 12, so about 2,600 total cases of COVID uh, illness in 0 to 12-year-olds. Oh, that's interesting. I had not heard numbers like that. That's uh, that's interesting. How are we doing in Georgia overall with people getting the vaccine? I know we talk a lot about vaccine resistance. Um, What is your view at this point? 
So I think I'll start with a success first. Uh, we have about, we've administered about 7 million uh, vaccines here in Georgia. So that is a, a great number. However, we are seeing high degrees of hesitancy to vaccination in Georgia. We believe most people that were very driven to get that vaccine have done that by now. Um, we did see a little bump in the 12 to 15 year olds a couple of weeks ago, um, but we really think, you know, people highly motivated to get vaccine have done that. Um, we also know then that there's this group that are having hesitancy, but they just say they need more time, they need more information to make that decision. Um, and so vaccinating people in this category takes a lot of conversations with trusted individuals, whether that's their doctor, whether that's um, a pastor, somebody that already got the vaccine and has done some research and feels confident and, um, you know, they're, they're a trusted individual. So, um, Yes, uh, we are seeing resistance, but we're trying to make it easy for people to get vaccines. So um, there are many places you can get a vaccine, a health department, a community setting like a church, a community center. We're doing festivals, pharmacies, other places. So hopefully once people make that informed decision, they should be able to find a vaccination close to home. So Pam, we have seen a lot of encouragement from the childcare workforce for everyone to get vaccinated. Lots of really encouraging photos of some of the childcare workforce. What are you hearing from programs that we work with on a regular basis? I think above all else, we're hearing relief. They're just really glad that you know, anything that moves us away from the pandemic is good for them. They've had a really tough year of, uh, you know, having to close classrooms when there's been an exposure and I mean, just all kinds of things, you know, uh, losing staff because they're doing virtual learning with their own children. So the farther we get away from that, the safer we get, the, the better they're feeling. I think, you know, they've done a great job. Childcare has as far as keeping children and staff and family safe. That's been their goal. This just kind of helps them. We've heard, you know, some challenges around scheduling, making sure that they can get everyone scheduled and, you know, not disrupt their business. And then, you know, there's some reactions to it and some side effects that they've had to deal with. So, I mean, there, there are some challenges with it, but we're hearing a lot of stories where they'll call us like, you know, 89% of my staff is vaccinated now. I'm just really excited and very relieved. Mm. And Dr. Peacock, the CDC made headlines recently by suggesting that people who are fully vaccinated don't always need to wear a mask. And that was welcome news from uh, a lot of folks. Can you clarify that guidance, though? There, there's some, uh, maybe not discrepancy, but some confusion on where you can not necessarily wear a mask now, where you should still hold on to one. Sure. So fully vaccinated people can resume activities without wearing a mask or physically distancing and the, here's the caveat, except where there is a rule or a regulation or a law that says that masks still need to be wear, worn. So um, this could be in businesses, it could be in workplaces. For example, many schools are still requiring masks um, of also vaccinated and unvaccinated people. And I think some of that is because, you know, in a setting like that, um, the children, as we know, are not vaccinated because they're not eligible. So um, the bottom line is fully vaccinated people do have more freedom to resume those activities without wearing a mask or physically distancing, but there are still places where it's safer for everyone mm. to wear masks. Pam, based on that news, uh, we received questions from childcare providers about the need for masks in their classrooms. 
literally seconds after the CDC released that guidance, like we had a, you know, a heads up. (laughs) (laughs) What is our advice on that to childcare programs as they come to us for that guidance? We are still recommending masks for, because again, just like Dr. Peacock said, these young children can't be vaccinated. And, you know, it's just really, really important. And I think for the most part, I, I think people are anxious, especially, especially in childcare, to not wear a mask because your facial expression is so important for young children. It's really been a challenge not for, them, for them not to be able to see your smile and, um, and be responsive that way, you know, with, with, your, with your face. But um, I think larger, bigger goal is keeping people safe. And, you know, and I think everybody got excited about the vaccinations, but we have to remember that if you're under 12, you're not eligible for the vaccine. So we still need to wear masks at this point. It's still recommended. We want to, again, we're just, you know, we're just getting closer and closer to be able to let go of all the restrictions. But right now that's still a really strong recommendation. Yeah. Um, and, and Pam, another recent change has been that outside guests are now permitted in child care programs. Can you talk about that? Some have asked if they still need to do the temperature checks and are parents allowed in now to come into the classroom? What's the latest on that? Yes. Visitors are now allowed to come into to classrooms, which is a, a big change. But we have to remember um, it's up to the provider. The provider gets to make that decision about what they feel safe with. And some people are choosing to do more of a scale up where they say, yes, a visitor can come, you know, a family member can come, but we would like it to be the same family member. You know, we don't want, you know, 12 different um, relatives coming on different days to pick up the child, or we don't want, you know, five people from a family coming in at one time. And that's up to the provider. And, and yet, and again, they are still allowed to say, you know, only to the front door, they get to, these are their businesses and they get to make that decision. So I think it has to do with, you know, people looking at their own communities, what the rates of infection are in their own communities and just their own level of comfort. So while we are saying visitors can come, it's up to the, we're giving, it's their business, it's their families, their children, they're gonna make their own decision. And, you know, people being pretty cautious about that. We've had, we've heard people, you know, some providers even say, you know, I haven't had any cases of COVID and I don't want any. And so they're still being very, very, very cautious. Mm-hmm. In-house field trips were a big thing that they talked about a lot. And some are choosing like to only do it outside. Like if they have somebody from the zoo or some, somebody come to do a demonstration for the children to only do it outside. So there are ways to be cautious and start to incorporate these new things back into our programs. Mm-hmm. And childcare has done a great job of being creative with that. They really have um, like the outside field trips. Um, so Dr. Peacock, where does the CDC begin to feel comfortable with the percentage of Americans getting vaccinated? Is there a goal? So, uh, President Biden, I don't know if you've heard, has set a goal to deliver at least one shot to 70% of adult Americans by July 4th. So this means everyone 12 years of age and older is now eligible to get a COVID vaccine. So it's important for us to encourage all of those people that are eligible to get vaccinated so they can resume those activities that they did prior to the pandemic. And July 4th is a, you know, an important day for us. We celebrate to get many people vaccinated as possible. So maybe this July 4th looks a lot different than last July 4th. That's kind of, I guess, the goal that we're looking for. Um, Pam, beyond the outside guests now being allowed into child care, any other recent changes that providers need to know about? And of course, the big question, any update on field trips at this point? 
Um, no change with field trips right now. And if you think about it, most people see the same people most days of their lives. So even though we're letting visitors into childcare programs, it's the families, it's the people that kids have been around and staff have been around the whole time. When you start adding in field trips, that's a bigger pot of people that you're mixing. So at this point, as of today, their field trips are off the table. We're not doing those yet. You know, again, we're kind of doing this in increments. I mean, I'm sure that will change at some point, but right now we're still, there's, there's no field trip rule. So Pam, what is childcare looking like right now? Are we back to childcare programs being open and serving families? And um, how about attendance? What does that look like? Um, childcare is open. That's the good news. I mean, we always want to, we always like to say to childcare has always been open. It wasn't open in large numbers in the beginning, but now it is open. Childcare is back. Childcare programs are open. Um, attendance is down, unfortunately. And I think, you know, when we looked at attendance at the beginning of this quarter, it was down about 25%. And that's huge. You know, to lose a quarter of your business is huge. And, and still basically operating and having to maintain everything as you always did, but losing 25% of your business has been a hard hit for childcare. Um, also, summer is not always the best time for childcare. That's not where we see our biggest numbers either. So, you know, I think that, I think we can be optimistic that by fall, everybody will be in better shape again, that our numbers will go up again. Fall is a time that a lot of people enroll in childcare, or, you know, they took the summer off and they need childcare again. So we're really optimistic about the fall. Um, we're going to be looking at numbers again in the next few weeks to see if that 25% has changed at all. Just a little bit of concern that it's summer on top of everything else. And that's, that can be a challenging time for childcare. But again, optimistic about the fall. And, you know, speaking of summer, uh, a lot of families are considering summer camps uh, as they do traditionally every summer, but maybe especially this year uh, after a lot of screen time for kids and not just younger, but uh, all the way up through middle and high school. Let me just, uh, Pam, ask you and Dr. Peacock, how do you feel about summer camps? Should that be something we should consider? What advice would you have on that? I would say ask questions, you know, just you know, decide what your own comfort level is. I think it's, I think summer camp's important. I think getting kids outside, doing things, um, socializing, all those things are hugely important for, for children. But when you are choosing where your child will go, ask questions, ask about vaccination, ask about what precautions they're taking right now and, and what the activities are and how, what modifications they've made to make sure that everyone is safe. And just, again, don't make assumptions, ask questions. Right. Dr. Peacock, any medical concerns that you have? Yeah, I think I think Pam answered that perfectly. You know, making sure that that camp is the right camp for for your child, I think, is an important thing anytime, and especially now in the pandemic. So, if your child has, you know, underlying conditions, you may want to send them to a camp where you know that uh, the camp counselors are vaccinated. You know, um, things like that. So, asking questions, and of course, if the children going to camps, so maybe some of the older siblings of the children we're talking about today. Um, you know, if they're going to camp and they're over 12, they should be vaccinated. Right. We've got a, a phone number for uh, parents that are interested in summer camps. It's part of DECAL and uh, Quality Care for Children's Partnership on summer camps. That number is 877-ALL-GA-KIDS. That's 1-877-255-4254. I, mean, I was driving through Woodstock the other day. I saw a sign for a cooking camp 
for children. And of course, as a parent, I thought, well, if these parents are wising up here, they're going to get a little help in the kitchen uh, over the summer after a long pandemic year. But I think that's great. Uh, cooking camp for kids along with a lot of other varieties. So uh, call that number 877-ALL-GA-KIDS for more information. Well, this has been a great update and we appreciate everybody uh, on today's podcast. If you'd like more information on COVID-19 and childcare in Georgia, visit our website at decal. .ga.gov. We've got the full page committed to COVID-19 and more information there on guidance from DECAL and the Georgia Department of Public Health, our uh, very important partners uh, in this journey. Dr. Peacock and Pam Stevens, thanks for being with us today. Thank Thank you. Now your questions from the water cooler. Hi, Commissioner Jacobs. This is Megan McNeil with Pre-K. My question for you is, do you think this year's summer transition program for Pre-K and rising K students will be even more important as a result of the pandemic? We hope we're able to um, utilize these classes this year to really uh, work with those students that maybe were in a hybrid program or a full distance program or didn't have any Pre-K at all and to catch them up and get them ready uh, for kindergarten next year. So it's always a great high quality program doing great things for these kids, but this summer it's definitely going to be even more important. And I think I've heard our participation is really pretty good, uh, this year, correct? Yeah, I I think we're funding 160 more classrooms this year than we usually do. Um, we've relaxed a lot of our income requirements. It's usually a needs-based program, so there's no income limit and we've reduced the class size. So, um, we can hopefully, um, address any fears of, of class size or group size uh, with families so we can encourage as many families to participate as possible. Great news. And it's time to give you a chance at winning a nice prize in the decal download quiz. Thanks, by the way, to all of our great sponsors, Chick-fil-A, Children's Museum of Atlanta, College Football Hall of Fame, the Gwinnett Stripers, the School Box, Stars and Strikes, Stone Mountain Park, The Roof, and Skyline Park at Pont City Market, and Wild Adventure Theme Park. We would love to give you one of those prizes as we draw your name from all the correct answers to this question. Who was our guest today from the CDC and Georgia Department of Public Health? Who was our guest today from the CDC and Georgia Department of Public Health? Email your response to decaldownload at decal.ga.gov. Thanks for playing and good luck. Thanks for tuning in to Decal Download. For more information, visit our website at decal.ga.gov. The conversation continues on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. Follow Commissioner Jacobs on Twitter at C-O-M-M Jacobs.